Welcome to the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Harrison Fagan. Harrison, uh, there's all this talk about unpaid internships and all that stuff, and I'm just kind of wondering, like, when's your boy going to get paid for this? When's whose boy going to get paid for what? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, everybody. They pay me. If your paychecks haven't been coming in, this is not the time to talk about it because we are paying you. I promise. <laughs> they keep getting sent to, uh, to 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 a different Anthony Irwin. I think it's it's really awkward. I guess. I I'll... mean, that's what happens when you use a pen name instead of your actual name to podcast under. So <laughs> the irony is that like the people who know me know me by something closer to a pen name than than vice versa. Yeah. Um. All right. Today's show, we are not going to talk about uh, unpaid internships this whole time, unless you want to. Do you have any no, thoughts on unpaid I'm... internships? <laughs> I don't. I, I feel like nobody wants to hear all of that from me anyway. <laughs> like, I feel like if, if you were on Twitter today, you got the full lecture on unpaid internships and why they are most of the time, why they are on the whole not a good thing, even if some people have Unethical. been able to use them to their benefit. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, I it's like uh, just because it's what I've never understood the mindset of I did this thing, so everyone <laughs> else should have to suffer through it. It's it's the dumbest thing. Like, do you think the people who first got the polio vaccine were like, well, what, what? You know, people who like had polio and got over it, or if that was actually a thing, were like, wait, no, nobody should get vaccinated for this ever. I, I honestly do not understand polio well enough to know if this is a good reference or not. Me neither. <laughs> Which says I... something about the effectiveness of that vaccine. <laughs> in vaccines in general. How about that? Um, that was not where I expected to start today. <laughs> <laughs> Today's show, we are not going to talk about internships and vaccines for the entirety of the show. Thank God. <laughs> We're going to talk about Alex Caruso and uh, apparently his market out there. He's So technically, right now, is the closest thing to an unpaid internship he's going to have compared to. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was probably his college career, Anthony, but you know, close enough. Compared to what he's going to be making uh, potentially next season. This is, this is uh, criminal with the Lakers are getting late. Alex Caruso was ranking in terms of what he'd consider an unpaid internship. It would probably be college career G league two way contract. (laughs) Then this year with the Lakers, but you know, you're not completely wrong. <laughs> uh, so we're going to discuss his market. We're going to uh, give shouts out to shout outs or shout out shouts out. What do you think it is? I, I think we're going to give shout outs to Dennis Schroeder and uh, mm-hmm. and De- Lakers legend, all time leader in Lakers field goal percentage in franchise history, Damian Jones. Yes, both of those guys. Uh, so, so mainly Caruso, but also yeah, Jones the Caruso conversation is going to lead us into the seg or into the uh, Schroeder conversation, and then Jones is just going to be it's his own little deal on the back end of the show. But let's start with this though. So, uh, a report came out today via Brian Winhorst of ESPN uh, as an well, I'm, I'm quoting as an athletic guard who can defend unrestricted free agent Caruso will have suitors. League executives think he could draw interest at the full mid-level exception range, which is $9.5 million next season. Currently, he's making $2.7 mil. And um, for context for people, that's the contract that Trez got. Now, he took probably mm-hmm. a discount from what he expected to make, but like just so that people have an understanding, like that is the weapon, basically, that contenders have to use to bolster their roster. Yes. Now, the Lakers have bird rights on Caruso. So if some team does jump in here and offer him 9.5 or or even more than that to a certain extent, 
the Lakers are able to uh, not necessarily match like you would a restricted free agent, but but it would be a matter of Caruso taking that money and and either not telling the Lakers about the offer that he got or or the Lakers just passing on giving him a better offer. So, and just for for anyone that's unaware, the Lakers, because I know there's been a lot of talk about a Dennis Schroeder extension recently because he became eligible for the bigger offer from the Lakers, and the Lakers cannot extend Alex Caruso. It's not allowed yes, under the rules. Right. So like that's why you're not going to hear, just in case you miss that at some point, they're not allowed to do that. So that's why we are not going to address that as a possibility on the show. Right. So first thing uh, that I, I kind of uh, want to hear from you, Harrison, is when you hear 9.5 million for Alex Caruso, what's your first inclination there? Honestly, that feels about right. I think he's a couple percentage points as a three-point shooter, like, or, you know, sustainable three-point shooting from where he was earlier in the season and really demonstrating a track record of that from making a lot more than that. But I think as long as the three-point shot is a little bit iffy and it's pretty clear from watching him also, like, this this four-game stretch without Dennis Schroeder may have cost him a decent amount of money because it really showed that, you know, again, it's not a totally fair comp because in a normal situation— He'd have a team's training camp to go through. Like Mm -hmm. he would probably be more set up for success than he was just on the fly. They're like, okay, Alex, go run the offense when, which we haven't been having you do. But that said, it kind of showed the limitations of his game a little bit. He is a superstar as a complimentary player, like not like, you know what I mean? He's not actually all NBA or all-star, but he is, he is a very, very overqualified high caliber. At his role, role, I think he's, he's one of the better players at his role. It's as Frank Vogel likes to say, say, he is a star in his role. What the Lakers were having him do while Dennis Schroeder was out was not Alex Caruso's normal role and not things that he is a star at. So to me, the mid-level sounds about right. I, I think his is the type of guy, guys with flaws, but that could definitely bolster a team, a winning team. Those are the types of guys that are available for the mid-level. So that sounds about right. I, I wouldn't be shocked if it went a couple million higher than that, but I, I think that that's a decent range and starting point. So I want to make sure that I'm saying this and not sounding like I'm taking away from the player that Alex Caruso is and especially has become, right? Because we've no seen torpedoes market value. We got to keep him. So uh, go for it. Just right, what I'm him. saying is if he was Alex Caruso, <laughs> not surrounded by Anthony Davis and not surrounded by a fully healthy LeBron James or a not exhausted LeBron James is basically Matthew Delvadova without the cool accent is all I'm saying. I mean, look, Matthew Delavadova also got a signature shoe at some, or got a shoe deal at some point. So it's actually not like an insane. It's starting to become, and he had like a great final series one time. They didn't win that finals, but he, you know, he had a breakout NBA finals, I would say in 2015, uh, attempting to guard Curry. So yeah. I want to make sure you guys all understand. I'm not actually, I, th- I think Caruso is better than Delavadova, but Harrison told me to, to tank his value. So I just listened to Harrison. <laughs> Um, it's but, time to start asking the question, Anthony, can Alex Caruso win without another superstar on the roster? Like that, that's the thing that I'm here to debate with you today. He can't like, I don't even think there's a debate, <laughs> there. <laughs> but, uh, but I, so it's interesting though, when you're trying to figure out Alex Caruso's value, you kind of have to have the right situation around him to get yes. top value on whatever you spend on him. Right. So a team that I have my eye on that we'll just say because of their preferences for players, Alex Caruso, I think is going to get a lot of interest from the Dallas Mavericks, right? Like, (laughs) (laughs) and, and 
and in that situation though, like I think Caruso makes a ton of sense there basketball wise too, beyond what uh, Mark Cuban seems to be looking for. And, and like Caruso will defend. He doesn't need the ball. Luca is going to have the ball anyway. So like a lot of the same reasons that he fits alongside LeBron, you can extend that over to what uh, he could do alongside Luka Doncic. And then, you know, from there, I, I, I still think like Dallas with Caruso on their team is not going to be as good as the Lakers with Caruso on their team, but still like, that's that's if you're looking for potential because what you need here is bidders, right? Like if if yeah. you're Alex Caruso's agent, you you need the the most number of teams willing to spend the most uh, dollars on on your client, and so long as you have at least one team that seems to check a lot of boxes for how they could get best value for Caruso, now you already now you have two teams bidding against each other, which is at least a start. Whereas like. Heading into say last season, if we would have been having the same conversation and we were like, wait, a team is willing to pay Alex Caruso this much? Is it just Utah? Is it Boston? Indiana? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> but I, I I I do think I do think that, you know, nine point five for the Lakers, by the way, I'd be willing to top all these offers. Because of what he does for the Lakers, because of what he does alongside LeBron James and alongside Anthony Davis, if it, if some team is willing to pay him nine point five mil next year, I'm willing to go up to eleven or twelve. I think that's, yeah, that I mean, seems the, about where I, I where I'd have him. Yeah, and uh, the thing is, is that for the Lakers, none of this is like real money in terms of like obviously it is real money that they have to pay Caruso, and it's going to be expensive because they'll be mm-hmm. dipping into luxury tax and all of these things, but. It's not money that costs you any opportunities because, like yeah. you said, they have You're the gonna bird be tapped, rights. capped out anyway. Exactly. So they, whatever they spend over the cap, like it doesn't matter from a functional, like we can't add another guy to our roster perspective because it's the same thing that we keep talking about with Dennis Schroeder in the extension conversation is it's not pay Dennis Schroeder $18 million a year or however much you want to pay. You know, I don't want to debate numbers on him just yet. I'm sure we'll talk about that later on in the mm-hmm. show. But like it's not pay Dennis Schroeder $18 million a year or pay another point guard 18 mil a year. It's pay Dennis Schroeder 18 mil a year or pay a guy like 9 million a year, you know, yeah. or like less than that. Like the or veterans hope minimum. That Alex Caruso works out better exactly. than he did or in, hope the, in the time that he is super ready to play or, you know, whatever right. it may be. Like you're not, you're no longer. I'm not even sure they'd be able to pay somebody else the, the, the 9 mil. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's not. would be really up against it. That's the most important. Like, neither of us are cap experts, but the thing that both of us, I think, understand is that the Lakers are up against it right now. And so they can spend the important thing for you as a fan to just understand if you're listening to this is just that the Lakers can pay Alex Caruso, Dennis Schroeder, Taylor Horton Tucker. They can pay all of these guys more than they can pay a potential replacement that they're bringing in, which is why it behooves them to try and extend these guys. Now, we know Alex Caruso's agent is like, that's not his concern is to. To, like you know keep no, the Lakers together care. or whatever and you know, we know that he's if he gonna... does care he's a shit agent <laughs> <laughs> well I mean on one hand yes but on one hand no like we know that he's gonna work really hard for Alex Caruso yeah. because I don't know if you read the Sports Illustrated profile of Alex Caruso from a couple weeks ago but his agent is like normally agents are not quoted in these things but his agent is quoted in there talking about how Alex Caruso like the money's never changed him he comes over to his house and like plays with this guy's kids he like babysits uh-huh. them and plays basketball and like 
talks NBA stuff with them and whatever. So like this guy, this is not just client Alex Caruso. This is family friend Alex Caruso. And so like he's going to want to get him the most money or the best situation for himself possible. Now, that's where the other hand comes in of, like you said, for Caruso, the Lakers may be the place where he is most valuable, able to get the best role that most fits him in a winning NBA situation. And for the Lakers, like they may be willing to pay more than other teams because of how much they can optimize him. So there's a chance that they're able to reach some kind of middle ground here in terms of what they're able to do to stay. Because while Caruso may want, like maybe he does want more opportunities or more shots or more minutes or something like that. And, you know, if that's the case, there's a reason most NBA players do, by the way. Yeah, most do. And so if he doesn't, then, you know, that makes him extremely unique. Uh, and I don't want to speak for him because he's always said that he doesn't care for that stuff. But I mean, ever, a lot of guys, when they're saying the right thing, say that stuff. So who knows? But the Dallas situation, like you said, like that's a, that's somewhere where, you know, he can guard point guard size guys and he doesn't actually have to play point guard because they have Luca. So like you're looking for situations like that where it would be similar to his role with the Lakers. But there aren't a ton of teams that have as high usage wings as, you know, LeBron and Luca, or at least like high usage in the sense of they are playmakers. Everything is running through them. They are the de facto point guard, even if they aren't guarding other point guards. And so that is something where maybe Caruso is looking for something like that. And maybe the Lakers, you know, I, I think the Lakers gave him a shot to break through. I think for him, there will be a certain inclination to want to stay like living in Southern California is nice. And if, if they win again, like who wouldn't want to come back and try and win, but you know, they're going to have to pay him too. It's very, clear at this point and like he he's really good where for everyone that wants to keep saying like oh the numbers are a fluke oh like it's you know it's this and that and whatever like the Lakers are never better than when Alex Caruso is playing or never worse on defense than when Alex Caruso is off the floor we're 35 games in now that's a real number you can you can believe that Alex Caruso is not their most impactful defender but the fact that he's still in there that's not all lineups he's played in a bunch of different lineups now you know especially while AD and Dennis were out like this is a real thing he's a good player he's an impactful player and they do really need to do what they can to keep him yep uh, this is actually a perfect segue into picking up on on giving some shout outs to uh, uh, to Dennis Schroeder and discussing the I still think either or is a flawed way to summarize the 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 allocation of resources here but at point guard but but still you know at some point we're gonna start hearing more and more about Dennis Schroeder's extension and and the impact that it might have now that we have more information on what uh, Alex Caruso's market might be, but we do got to talk about the impact that Schroeder made immediately upon returning to the lineup. Yes, immediately. Yeah. So we'll do that here in a bit. This was like, like obviously, we aren't gonna reinvent the wheel here and 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 find new exciting ways of saying, hey, if your team is missing two of its top three players or three two of its uh, three most talented players getting one of those three players back is going to help your squad. Like obviously, but yeah, can I, can I just say something? It is hilarious to me that an indicative of, I think to some degree, your nature and to some degree, my nature that our last podcast was titled, is it time to hit the panic button on the Lakers? And the next one is how much should we pay to keep this team together? And like, <laughs> you know, it, it is like, you know, that, that is the nature of daily podcasting to some degree, but it is or weekly podcasting, I guess in our case, but it is mm-hmm. funny to me. And it is indicative of like how good Dennis has been that, 
that we're coming back and the Lakers are on a two-game win streak as opposed to, I think they had lost three in a row the last time you and I podcasted, and it ended up getting up to four in a row before Dennis mm-hmm. came back. And so, like, they were horrible while he was out. They literally have not won a game now as a result without him on the floor. And, uh, like, now, you know, they're undefeated since he came back, 2-0. and And all of a sudden, they're second seed in the West again. Nobody's panicking about them heading into the All-Star. But it's crazy, even coming off of a championship and, like, how weird this season has been, how up and down, not even just fans and people who are tweeting at us, like, you and I are, just in the sense of, I know we kind of downplayed some of this stuff, but I think both of us were, to some degree, more more worried last week than we are this one. Well, it's also indicative of, of all the things that you're talking about, and also you making headlines. <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> to be fair, you were the one that was like slamming the panic button on that show. I just whoa, whoa, was whoa, going whoa. with slamming your vibe. Slamming the okay? panic button. Yeah. Slamming the panic. All right. I want you guys to go back and listen to the show, which you can find everywhere on that you can find podcasts. You can listen to my show, which you can also find everywhere you find podcasts. You do, I you don't can listen to why you have to do this every time. Any and everything that I have said about this Lakers team. And a lot of what I said while they were really bad was they're exhausted and shorthanded, which is a really bad combination. The one place where I was a little nervous, concerned, not quite hitting the panic button, but definitely slamming the uneasy. panic button, Anthony, slamming it, slamming like the like the staples set, like the staples button meme, right? Like the, the yeah. easy button, right? Um, no, I that was saying it just said panic and you were just karate chopping just, it over and over again. It was a really weird segment choice. Now that I think about it, <laughs> yeah, it no strange. words just, but I, I, I would say though, that like, I was nervous about the Lakers shooting, very nervous about their defense and Schroeder helps both of those things. Not that, that he's some incredible shooter, but he creates open shot opportunities, right? Not that he's one of the league's foremost defensive uh, point guards, but that he's, he's not Wesley Matthews trying to chase Devin Booker all over the place, you know? (laughs) And, and so getting Schroeder back, especially given the teams that they have played in those two games since he, since he's been back, right? It was, it was against the Portland trailblazers who have a pretty good point guard that you know about on, on a, on a personal Twitter level. Um, And then what you mean Dennis Schroeder with less help. (laughs) <laughs> Dennis Schroeder with a SoundCloud is yeah is, exactly Dennis Schroeder um, with the ra- with a rap album <laughs> and then and then Steph Curry who is you know less than that somehow and and so Dennis Schroeder but less good at carrying a team <laughs> actually impactful I mean we yeah. got to see we got to see final Steph it was great it was great to you yeah, know Yeah no get a, get Dennis nice... put the clamps on him last night and like I don't know if that's a <laughs> like I know the Warriors had won 3 in a row and there's some fatigue and what like you know this is a weird season so it's hard to judge any guy off of the one guy that you've just watched them play against the team that you cover but yeah Steph you know not great last night I, I didn't think he was horrible but Dennis really you know put it to him Look anytime you get the opportunity to watch a superstar in playoff mode you 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 got to enjoy it in those moments um, but for, for Caruso though, and, and Schroeder, it makes for this really cool combination where you have one guy who is specifically kind of tailored to work really well with your superstars and, and is, you know, analytically and statistically proven as such. Right. And then on top of that, you have this other more dynamic point guard who, who is also, by the way, working well 
with those other superstars. Like I remember back in the day, the Lakers had Ramon Sessions and they thought that Sessions was going to, you know, invigorate the the Lakers offense. And I myself really liked him too. He did for like three games. Like he was great. He was great. But then, and then, but the problem was the superstars didn't like playing with him because he wanted to run on the fast break. So like Meta World Peace was actually out there saying like, dude, this guy's got to slow the bleep down. This is insane. And, and so like, you know, it's nice that the Lakers have somebody in Schroeder who is capable of getting out and pushing the pace and is capable of leaving his mark on the team but also is capable of fitting with with LeBron and AD. And I think that's why when he got back, it was such an immediate upgrade to whatever the Lakers had going on there for a while. Yeah, I think that something that you said there is honestly really important about, like, because you talked about Caruso started fitting in with two superstars. And then you said, you know, Dennis Schroeder in a different way. And I think that we do need to change the way that we talk about Dennis, especially now after this stretch. Like, I think it more so than anything, what we learned is that. You know, so often I think there's an inclination to just say, this guy has the ball. He doesn't fit in with your superstars. He is there to spell them. Where I think that's, in Schroeder's case, at least like this season, that's been an oversimplification. Now, has he always been great in that role? No. But he does he makes things easier on superstars in a different way and fits alongside them in a different way. It's maybe not as clean and effortless as a guy like Alex Caruso, who you could plug him in alongside any superstar in the league and he'd figure out how to play next to them probably because he just has a lower usage game for Schroeder Mm -hmm. by virtue of having the ball in his hands and taking more shots and, you know, playing just kind of a more high leverage role in terms of like fingerprints on the offense. It took some time, I think, for him to adjust. But what we saw is that he is invaluable for this team in a unique way. I think one of the things that I've really liked that the Lakers have been doing since he came back is really kind of doing something that I think coaches have wanted to do for a long time. And Frank Vogel, almost in a like, you know, crazy, like a Fox kind of way may have done last year by making LeBron the point guard. Like, he made LeBron handle the ball so much that now LeBron doesn't want to handle the ball every single possession. (laughs) And so like Schroeder can come back and kind of take the role off of him and spell him. And I like off ball LeBron. I like the way that he's been like really getting after it defensively. And I don't think that it's a coincidence that that came when number one, you have the injection of energy that Dennis Schroeder brings just by virtue of his, like, it's like, Kobe Rondo intensity in like a five foot four guy. And he has he's, he's infinite turbo. It's insane. Like he can yeah. just, he can just run and sprint. It's like if you were playing 2K against your friend and like they had the fatigue limits turned on and you didn't and their guys are right. just running circles around <laughs> yours. Right. Like that's, yeah, he he's he's like the roadrunner out there. And uh, like I, while his defensive intensity doesn't translate in terms of the metrics as much, although his agent has to be thrilled about this four-game bad stretch, not just by virtue of how bad the Lakers looked overall, but now Dennis Schroeder no longer do the Lakers play their best defense when he's off the floor. It's only second best by the metrics. (laughs) So, like, you know, he dropped that down a little bit, and I just think that he fits better than we maybe even anticipated him fitting going into the season. And again, we have to see it when Anthony Davis comes back. That's going to be a whole nother adjustment too. But I do think that if anything, he's shown that it's really important at this stage of LeBron's career to not have him need to take the ball down every single time down the floor and to have another threat out there that he can kind of play off of. And that's not an indictment on LeBron. That's not to say he doesn't deserve to win MVP or anything. 
but we're learning how important a guy like Dennis Schroeder is. And like Rondo during the playoffs when he played like that. And uh, yeah, is the Lakers have access to playoff Rondo on a regular season basis. It's really yes, nice. Exactly. That's the best way to put it. I think <laughs> uh, the other, the other nice bit of chemistry that we saw, especially in the second half of that game uh, with Schroeder back was what it looks like when he has a lob threat who actually goes up and catches lobs. <laughs> like, it was awesome. It was so much fun. I'm in on Damian Jones, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're, was... no, you're buying up. You, you were texting me during the first half last night, and I hope you don't mind me revealing this on the <laughs> air. But you're like, when is Damian Jones going to get in? And I'm like, Anthony, this is a They're contest. up by 30 in the ten... first half. <laughs> I'm like, he's on a 10-day contract. He's not going to play in the first half. They could be up by 40. And, like, because they just got to get guys somewhat to their normal minutes totals and then ease off the gas in the second half. And, like, I think the Warriors just tanking the second half of that game, just being like, we're sitting Draymond, it's over. We're not messing around with this. I think influence Damian Jones his ability to get in a little bit earlier because the Warriors weren't even trying to get back in the game, making a mm-hmm. token effort. And but like you know, he he was good. He showed some stuff. All time leader in Lakers made field goals among guys to take at least three shots. Definitely sustainable, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I was sitting there saying, "Wilt who?" Like he couldn't <laughs> play against a guy like Damian Jones now during this modern era. I mean, we I've I've long been saying such things, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I would say like. Here's the thing. The Lakers last year were capable of of scoring on every single level, right? Now they weren't as good from three-point range last year as they as they have been in stretches of this year, but still like last year's team, they could beat you with lobs, they could beat you in the mid-range game obviously as we saw from uh Anthony Davis. LeBron can beat you from literally everywhere on the court. And then, and then they had guys like Danny Green and KCP, who, when they started shooting better, w- you know, made for made for a, a multi-level offense, a three-level offense. And I thought so far this year that the Lakers have really struggled with that first level, with just putting raw pressure on the rim by way of lob threats that can jump higher. You know, giant human beings who can also jump really freaking high. And forces the defense to guard you certain ways. And and because of the way that Anthony Davis was playing even before he went down, one of the, the topics that I've been, or one of the stats that I've been keeping really close track of this year has been the number of dunks that he's had this year compared to last year. So if the one lob threat on your team is not performing as a lob threat and is more choosing to, to score in, in the mid-range and you have no other lob threats on your team, well, that's a pretty significant part of the offense that they had last year that they just weren't having this year. And while, yeah, you're absolutely right to point out the circumstances and that not every team is going to be as, as, as ineffective as a listless golden state warriors team, having somebody capable of doing some of those things was refreshing. Now, will that be Damian Jones for the entirety of the rest of the season? Some guys on the Lakers hope so. Um, Maybe, maybe not. But at least for Anthony, those, I don't think for those... very many of the guys on the Lakers, as much as they probably wanted to praise him last night, I don't think very many of them expect that quite yet. What for? <laughs> no, for no, him like, to continue to be this lob threat for the entire rest of the season. No, like like will he will he remain on the roster? Basically, is what I'm asking for the yeah. rest of the season. And and some of the guys did. Like who said that he would like to see him? That's like that's the kind of stuff that he would have to do to remain on the roster. And some yeah. of it is beyond his control. Like the Lakers might just say we're going to we we the, the Lakers definitely need another wing 
right? We know that. And they definitely need a player like this, but the wing comes first and foremost. And then do they want to leave that extra roster spot open just in case, for whatever reason, Andre Drummond becomes available or just some, somebody like that. Um, If that's something that they choose to do, that's beyond Damian Jones's control. But what we saw from Jones in those minutes that he was out there was exactly what you were hoping to see. If you were hoping to see good Damian Jones out there. Now, anybody who has covered him will tell you, and, and trust me, my DMS have been filled with it. I was going to say mine too, Anthony, mine too. (laughs) Bad Damian Jones is very much a thing. And, and maybe at some point we'll see that, you know, for example, against a non golden state warriors team, missing Draymond green and already thin in the front court. Um, and, and so like maybe maybe we'll see Damian Jones in short order. But as of right now, for the minutes that we saw from him, he did a lot of the things that the Lakers have been really missing so far this year. Yeah, I think the, the thing that I will say about Damian Jones is that he has, all he can do is go out there and do what the Lakers have asked of him. And, you know, he made the, he made the seven hour or the five and a half hour drive from Phoenix to LA with 20 minutes oh, to spare. Drive despite, yeah, no, it's horrible. And he made terrible. it like that, you know, that was test number one. He made it. He got his COVID <laughs> test. He tested negative. He was able to get in for the game that or get, at least be available for that next game. Didn't play, uh, mm-hmm. was able to play last night. They asked him to go out there, be a lob threat, be active. He did that until he hurt his back. And it sounds like he's day to day and will probably, this isn't too serious. They just wanted to be careful with him. Um, and you know, you got to load manage your superstars. And yeah. so all of famers, he's, He's done what he needs to do so far. We just need to see more of it before mm-hmm. I'm willing to even talk about, like, how does he fit in this offense moving forward? Because I think that there are a lot, as as much as I agree with what you're saying, in theory and in principle, the Lakers are missing those things. I just still don't see, with all due respect, I don't see Damian Jones playing well enough to displace the other guys that are currently in front of him that do That's a lot fair. of other things better. Yeah, it might it might be like the Lakers are going to have to make a choice, right? They they're going to have to decide is that element of their offense getting it back even to this lesser extent is that less or more important than the things that the guys who have already been in their rotation have been doing for them throughout the season. And I don't know, like it that's a legitimate question that that if somebody was to ask me in a mailbag on iTunes, which you leave in the form of a five-star review. I wouldn't know how to answer that question. I, I legitimately wouldn't. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm wondering that's if fair. you're going to bleep that because that's a long bleep. Yeah, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bleep everything. No, I'm <laughs> the not whole show. Uh, yeah, just the whole show. The whole show is going to be one giant bleep. So um, we're going to go from last week's episode was me just hammering a button into the mic and then this I mean, next people episode is going to be based on how many times i bleeped you last week that you were <laughs> hammering a bleep button the entire week and yeah but i mean people seem to like it so it was worth the extra like 30 minutes that it took to uh, go through and find minutes. all of those yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I do real quickly before like just to stop the damian jones championship 10-day contract signing parade i, I want to go back to Schroeder really quick before we wrap this up and just okay. say like do you do you are you of the mind like just extend him right now? Do you want to see any more from him or like where are you at? That that's kind of the uh, the last thing that I wanted to make sure that we talked about before we tabled all of this. Uh, without knowing the the extension deadlines off the top of my head, I don't think they need. They to have do until it. they have until um until the NBA off season begins, which is so like that. That's oh. like or until so they have plenty of time. Agency. 
So they have plenty yeah. of time. Yeah. The the only concern, I guess, is like he pl- plays himself into more money or gets it, like or gets insulted that you didn't offer him the bag no, right away. Hey, like I don't. Yeah. I, I think you. I think you have to have those conversations and and make sure that they're held in good faith and that uh, he feels respected in in that regard. All all that said, the Lakers are they have a lot of work to do this season. They you know the expectation on this year is championship. Like last year, last year the the expectation was, eh, you know maybe we'll get there and then we'll we'll go from there. We'll we'll, we'll see what the, what happens once they get later into the playoffs. This year, no, it's championship or bust with this Lakers team, and 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 I think you know the more that Schroeder can do to continue to make the Lakers look like the the championship favorites, obviously that's going to help them. And and by the way, like if it if it turns out that Schroeder plays his way into uh, being able to ask for more money, I think the Lakers would would happily make him pay pay up. Yeah, that last part is a totally fair point. I'm glad that we're actually disagreeing a little bit today because that doesn't always happen and it's better radio. But the the re- what I would push back on as far as what you're saying is that I would get it done now just because number one, you know, you're going to have a lot of stuff to do in terms of addressing the buyout market, in terms of getting ready for the trade deadline, all of these things. You, it just, it locks him in now. He's happy with the money that he got paid. He's comfortable. You get him completely bought in and like ready to play whatever role because you have extended him long-term. It's a similar to what we saw from Kuz, even though everyone denies that this is, that Kuz's increasing comfort has anything to do with him not being a free agent this summer and need, feeling yeah. the need to prove himself. I just, I mean, they can say that, but I think even subconsciously, if he doesn't realize it, that has to be something that affects you. And I feel like it's the same thing for Dennis. While he has done, obviously, everything that the Lakers need him to do so far, and I'm not like, it's not like he's been a malcontent or anything. Like, I'm not trying to say that. It's just, I think that subconsciously, there is something to the idea of a little bit more comfort and a little bit more willing to, okay, now I don't have to worry about is this going to get me paid? Is this step back going to hurt my free agency value? Is X, Y, and Z? And it's just, I am here. I need to help this team win. That's it. And look, you can argue the other way that sometimes guys play better in a contract year. But I think in a situation like this, where the guy is in a very specific, sometimes limited role when the Lakers have two superstars, the comfort for me is better than any contract year, irrational confidence guy bump type thing. And look, we know that Dennis Schroeder and his agent want to get an extension done his agent shared my tweet of like from silver screen to roll of bugs bunny counting the stacks of cash when i where i said dennis schroeder's agent after watching the last four games and then watching tonight he shared that and dennis schroeder shared it with a laughing emoji (laughs) that this is hilarious and so i i feel like look call me crazy i don't think that they would be acknowledging this publicly if it was not something that they wanted to rally lakers fans to tweet at the lakers organization to extend him or something like that and like who doesn't want to just lock in their money you know and so I, I i just would do it because there's no benefit really to waiting other than you're like betting against yourselves and it's like oh well what if he has a crappy playoff run and we need to pay, we get to pay him less and get him at a discount you know what i mean or like yeah. unless you think that there's a chance that you want to let Dennis Schroeder go i don't see any benefit in just not getting it done now yeah i i i'm not going to fully disagree with that like you know there's there's obviously always value to to either way that you go with this i think I think one thing that's going to help the Lakers here is is how good Palenka is like being a former agent and he's going to be able to talk Schroeder through all of the scenarios that 
that the Lakers and Schroeder himself are going to be looking at, right? So that's going to help the Lakers here. I think the fact that they have already acquiesced to Schroeder, like there were some ugly stretches there where it probably might have made more sense to and maybe made the Lakers a better team overall had they seen what Alex Caruso could do as a starting point guard and brought Schroeder off the bench. But according to those reports, uh, and, and and also according to what Schroeder himself said, right? Yeah, sure. I was going to say, they, these aren't reports. This is from Schroeder has said this. Right. Yeah. And so he confirmed those reports. He wanted to start. The Lakers have let him start, and 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 he has earned it, right? He We have seen the difference when he is there and when he is not there. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I agree with everything that you're saying there. I just think that the Lakers, I don't want to say that they're operating from a position of strength because I think that makes this a lot more combative than it has to be. But the Lakers do have the benefit of time here. And, and if, because they are going to pay up for him and maybe, uh, and maybe Alex Caruso anyway, well, like, why not wait? And if he earns more money, then it just means you pay a couple extra million bucks in, in luxury taxes, which by the way, anybody listening to this, just don't don't like lose a second of sleep for for luxury taxes. Like just whatever it takes for the Lakers to keep this team together. If they don't, it's their choice. And if they don't because of luxury taxes, you call them out for being cheap on that one. And, yeah, and exactly. that's where the Lakers find themselves. Look, I, I from what I've from what my sources are telling me, you know, your your, your co host Pete Zayas is willing to take a pay cut if it keeps Dennis Schroeder in uniform. <laughs> You know, I, I'm going to have to ask him. That's what I'm going to lead the show with. Yeah, you should definitely lead the show. Like that will be, you know, in your make Pete uncomfortable and have to scramble to get out of actually answering a question. Like that is that might be the all time one. It, it's not. Yeah, you go for it. Immediate. He would probably just, oh, my, my server's cut out. I, I can't talk. Like, to oh, I can't All right, do another mailbag episode. <laughs> another another real quick note on this just before we wrap everything up is that Anthony, you know who uh, you know who else Dennis Schroeder's agent represents? Mm-mm. He has the same agent as Giannis, uh, importantly, but also the same oh. agent as Kostas. And so, like, for everyone, like, why are the Lakers still using a two-way spot on Kostas and Tedekumpo? Now that Giannis is locked up, well, there's your answer. <laughs> you know what, man? I respect it. Kostas, get your money for, for having the, the right shared agent. There you go. Do your thing. Hey, look, I, need- I, I mean, there's no, I mean, to be honest, there's really no point in moving on from a two-way player at this point during a pandemic season. Like, at least Coast has yeah. had two years in your playbook to, like, theoretically be a break glass in case of emergency guy or whatever versus someone that is a two-way player off the street. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I, I had actually reached out to the Lakers for this, and their response uh, was, was actually really interesting. They said that, you know, you want to keep, Guys like Schroeder happy. You want to keep your 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 uh, avenues and bridges open, and and Tentacumpo doesn't cost us anything. So yeah, well, they're um, like we don't want him to cost us, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to get out of here before I really get going. Uh, it's gonna be fun. Somebody's gonna aggregate that, and I'm gonna laugh. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> That would be great. That would be the greatest moment in the history of this podcast. No, like no close second if you got aggregated for a pun. <laughs> Agreception, right? Because I'm yeah. technically, according to Kawakami, an aggregator. Yeah. Um, all right. That's going to do it, though, for this episode of the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. Make sure you guys are tuning in across this entire feed to you guys uh, to keep oh, you guys updated. Wait, actually, on- no, there's one more thing that we forgot. We There's one more thing that we have to do. 
Oh God, it's forty minutes. We gotta give a fu- we gotta give a funeral to the uh, to the podcast fedora. Oh well, in that case, it's sitting right back there. I see yeah, it. It's it's right behind me. Look, I'm a man of my word. I didn't want to end the episode without addressing this. And we said, you know, I'm not going to insert the clip from last week. But if you listen to last week's show, which you can find on iTunes and Spotify and anywhere else you find podcasts, you can you will hear me say that if the look, I retire. I'm retiring the podcast fedora. Lost too many games in a row. Like we got to try and change things up. Since then, they're on a two-game winning streak. So I'm mm-hmm. beginning to believe that the podcast Fedora may have only had one title run in it. And so it is retired until further notice. I just like that. This is a statement from the desk of Harrison Fagan's podcast Fedora. It is retiring from NBA podcasting until further notice. Is it like we should, should we recreate that one song, right? I will Fedora you. It, look, it had a great run. It kept my head nice and itchy during podcasts, like which I think <laughs> keeps your brain kind of, you know, <laughs> on top of things. It keeps you locked in and awake. And so, yeah, I mean, look, it was a great run. I thank the podcast Fedora for its service, but unfortunately it does not have the same agent as Dennis Schroeder. And so it's time to, uh, to cut bait. Thank God. Yeah, thank So goodbye. Goodness. It looked ridiculous all the time. It was <laughs> hideous hat. I don't know who, who in Lakers marketing made that decision. It was just what, what the hell was going on. It was it was just incredible. <laughs> it was a decision that was made. All right, it was Pete. That's, that's why he's taking the pay cut. <laughs> he should be. He should be on an unpaid. After all of the things that we said against unpaid internships, whoever made that hat. I hope you weren't. <laughs> that is so un- disrespectful. Stop. Okay. All right. We're logging off. Bye, guys. <laughs>